Yes, sir. And welcome to the road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus. I'm your host, Brock. And uh, before I introduce the people that's going to help me stir the drink, I just want to let you know how you can follow the show. You can reach us at uh, Road to Damascus. That's Road the number two, Damascus, um, on Instagram as well as Twitter. And you can also reach out to us at Road to Damascus. That's Road the number two, Damascus at iCloud.com. We would love to get any feedback, any show topics, and any ideas that you want. So today, um, it's just two of us rocking the mic today. Just two of us, you know, on the ones and twos. So it's just me and the rabbi. So I'm going to say what's up to you, rabbi. How are you? How are you? How are you today? I am great. It's good to be here with you. It's good to have you. It's good to have you. We're going to miss the game because we got some uh, hot topics going on today. Um, so without further ado, I think we just going to go ahead and uh, dive right into this one. So the topic today is uh, sexual immorality. And not only just sexual immorality, but why do we, when discussing sexual immorality, put more emphasis on homosexuality than anything else? So uh, that's going to be a, a heavy one for the people today. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, let you come out the gate swinging, Rabbi. <laughs> well, you know, <clears throat> this this is a this is a a tender topic for me for a lot of reasons so i'm just gonna say it like this some of the most recalcitrant people are such because they envy another person's freedom to be authentic even if they're doing wrong so now don't be using no ten dollar words <laughs> And I think that's why it's so easy to pick same-sex attracted people because you see it, or at least you think you do. Right. You see it. We take that entire individual and reduce them down to what they love or who they love. Sexual immorality and perversion can be applied to so many things that don't deal with a person's authenticity. If you're trying to be with an animal, that's um, perversion. If you are with an inanimate object, uh, that is perversion. perversion. A corpse, perversion. Um, so many things. But this one, we I think a lot of people get upset because people won't stay in the closet. When you could be free yourself to live your own life. And I often say, if you're that upset, about what's happening in my bedroom is probably because you're trying to get in there. That's a separate <laughs> show, but you need to work that out. Uh-oh, she just got a rim shot for that one. Um, well, since it's just us today, we're going to be able to go back and forth and have some dialogue, but I'll just, um, I'll say this, um, and I kind of preview what I would say um, before the show. I believe that the reason that we focus so much on same-sex attracted people is because we have an idol that we refuse to call an idol within the church community. And that idol is marriage. Mm. 
we have turned marriage into an idol and we make you believe that the ultimate um, form of salvation that you can get on this earth is through marriage. We don't care how your marriage is. We don't care if it's loving or unloving. As long as you're married, then that gives us evidence and proof that you will have some sort of salvation within you. And because we've turned marriage into an idolatry, we have now made it seem where if you're single, if you're not with anybody, if you choose to be single, that there is something wrong with you. Yet we read the New Testament and most of the New Testament was written by a person who wasn't married, but we'll say that for a later part of the discussion. So what do you think about that, Rabbi? I think that marriage alone is not proof of heterosexuality because I've sat across from many married women who have expressed their same-sex attraction. I've also had conversations with men who are married who deal with same-sex attraction. And I think we have set, I've said this before, we set people up to lie by the way our systems work, by the way our attaboy or the way our pats on the back work or the way our promotion works. We, even in the church, we've set people up to lie. They're afraid to be honest about it. And if people were really honest, many of those who are so dogmatic have same-sex tendencies and proclivities um, that they lie about. Why do I say that? If you see a same-sex couple, your first reaction is disgust and anger. Why? Because... I've been out and I've seen heterosexual couples who are having a moment in the parking lot. And I go to, and I say to myself, why don't you just get a room? I'm not disgusted. I'm not angry. I just think that there's a part of your life that's private and should stay as such. But why does seeing two people, even if they look the same, why does it anger you and disgust you to that level? if it doesn't attach to something in you. Because people who lie don't make you feel disgusted. Husbands who cheat don't make you feel disgusted. Wives who cheat don't make you feel disgusted. But this does. Come on, everybody. We've got to figure out a way to level this playing field and just start being honest, give people the opportunity to be honest because you can't heal or help what you hide. Amen, absolutely. Um, So let me say this. I believe that There are people who, because I've heard people who tell me that they're same-sex attracted um, or people that are in relationships, but I believe that we have to look at this thing differently. We've been raised in a society where if you go back and you look up, um, I think it's um, in the New Testament, it's Philemon. Philemon is how you pronounce it. always mispronounce it, Philemon, Mm -hmm. where Paul is writing this letter about a slave that he's sending back to um, his escaped slave that he's sending back to go to his master. But he tells him, as I'm sending him back to you, I don't want you to accept him back as a slave. I want you to accept him back as a person. Mm -hmm. And he talks about their relationship how he's grown to love this person, how he's grown to have an affinity for this person, how he loves this person. 
Then we go, and if we go even further back, we look at the relationship between David and Jonathan. Yes. Where David said, I loved this man the way a husband would love a wife. Yes. So, and some people will say that's proof of same sex. But what it is, is we have made it that the only fulfillment that you can have is through people of the opposite sex where intimacy can be received through loving somebody of the same sex. And what do I mean by that? And I don't mean sexually. I mean, just loving somebody through the same, the, the affinity that you have for your, 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 your son as a man, the affinity that you have for your dad as a man, the affinity that you have for your blood brothers as a man, how you, how you would hug them and love them and kiss them and tell them you love them. And then you can have a friend like that, but because in society, if you have a friendship like that, you have to preface it by saying, starting off the sentence saying no homo. Right. And things like that. So we've made it that, um, as especially um, on the masculine side, that you can't even have those type of relationships. Um, we accept it more on the feminine side with women, um, where if two women are just girlfriends and they oh, we're going to spend the night and they shared a bed in a bed together. You don't think anything of it. But if two men said that, you would think, wait, what's going on with that? You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just believe that we, the the Bible and the doesn't really push us away from intimacy with people of the same sex. It pushes us closer to intimacy with people of the same sex. But the problem is, is when we hear the word intimacy, we think of sex automatically and there let me be careful i don't want to slide in there on two wheels <laughs> <laughs> there is a level of intimacy that leads to sex right but there's a level of intimacy that transcends sex where it's not necessary in a strate- strategically platonic relationship right there are levels of intimacy like where you see into the person and that and you allow that person to see into you, your flaws, um, the, the good, the bad, the ugly, the, the indifferent, because you know there's no judgment whatsoever. Right. It's just love. It's unconditional. There are no strings. It doesn't matter if you fall. I'm going to help you back up. That's intimacy. Absolutely. And when you have it, it's so sad that when you have it, and you have that inner best friend, and you both are the same sex, people automatically assume that you're in relationship. Right. And this is normal. Especially, and but, but then even especially when they have a certain look. So like someone like yourself, right. short hair. Yeah. You wear jeans. You don't wear sundresses or skirts. No. And, uh-uh. <laughs> I will rock a skirt, but that sundress. Right. You know, no, but I'm just saying, yeah, you absolutely. know. So if you, and then... Like, I know you have a, a female friend that you're very close with. Yeah. Short hair, same kind of look. Mm-hmm. People automatically going to assume. Yeah. They automatically assume. You ain't got to assume nothing about me. Ask me. Right. <laughs> I will tell you. You right. know what I mean? It's, we don't have to do that. We should stop judging people, allow people to be friends. I mean, why is it that we can't respond in love? To whatever we see. And this is where I have the problem. 
if you see two people, whether they're heterosexual, homosexual, trisexual, whatever, LGBTQIA+, whatever it is, why can't you respond in love the way we do with people who commit sins that you can physically see? Because what you don't see is what's happening in the bedroom with these two people. Right. But people who lie, people who steal, you can see that, and it's okay. Be anything but same-sex attracted. Absolutely. I saw a meme uh, on Facebook the other day that said, a parent will disown their children for being gay, but protect the family molester. I just had to give a pause and uh, let the A-man take that one over. But no, it's true. I mean, we all either in our own families or other families will hear the story about the one uncle that you don't leave the kids alone with. Right. Why you don't leave the kids alone with him? Right. But he's still uncle. Still coming to the barbecue. Still Nobody cook out. Right. But you're not going to leave your family. You will keep that secret to the grave. But the moment you find out one of your children is same-sex attracted, you want to disown them. Come on, people. We're vibrating too low. We're vibrating too low. Wow. I had to, you, you, you hit me uh, a little heavy with that one. But, yeah, I just think that what we, what we have to begin to do and goes back to your love statement. And I've, and I've said this plenty of podcasts in the past and I will continue to push it is that it is not our job to judge anybody. It is our job to love everybody. And when Jesus said the first commandment, the greatest commandment is love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. The second and just as important is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. There was no prerequisite of what your neighbor had to fit. There was no box. There was no square. You just had to love your neighbor. And when you are trying to get somebody to serve the Lord in spirit and in truth, if you trying to do it any other way than not through love, then you're wrong because the Bible says, what about love? It covers a multitude of sins. And when we start to think about sexual immorality, let's just call a spade a spade, Shonda. Any sex that is outside of marriage, any sex that's outside of marriage is sexual immorality. Would you disagree or agree with that? I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. So for us to then in turn make it as though that this one form of sex is worse than another, it's just like, um, it's almost like degrees. First degree murder, second degree murder, third degree murder. Like, you know, was it premeditated? Was it self-defense? Was it manslaughter? Like, we have all of these terms for murder, you know, but sexual immorality is pretty cut and dry. It is. Go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. Listen, I can't have this conversation sitting across from my brother, and it's just he and I in here. I can't have this conversation and not be transparent and, and vulnerable. Okay. Having been in a same-sex relationship before, 
okay. for many years of my life. And then to sit in, in rooms while people are having these discussions about how perverted it is and how nasty it is and how, how horrible it is. And to be sitting there thinking of all the other parts of my life. And here we are with this little tiny percentage of my life that has now identified me in its entirety. It's unfair to the person. Even if you think it's wrong, even if you can point out your scriptures, and we're not going to even get into that because the scriptures that you bring up, most of the time you really can't exegete them correctly because homosexuality was not in the Bible. It was a term that was added um, around the 1850s, I believe. Yes. Um, In the, was it the ESV? I believe it was was added to the English standard version. Oh no, no. I'm, I said 1850, around the 1950s. Right. Excuse me. Right. In the ESV version, they added the word homosexual and there is no term for homosexual in the Bible. And also just less, less. The reason you might hear me and Shonda use the term same sex attracted or gay instead of homosexual. And I, I don't, I can't speak for Shonda. I can speak for myself. You can the, speak for me. The reason I use the term homosexual or not homosexual is because that literally you can be homosexual and not be practice like having sex. Just like you can be hetero. If you're heterosexual and not having sex, right. It doesn't matter. Right. Like, are you someone who says I'm practice? You understand what I'm saying? Like heterosexual is heterosexual. And like, if I'm a virgin, am I still not heterosexual if I'm attracted to women? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like a person can be homosexual. It just means attracted to the same. It homo, same. I mean, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, exactly. and, and people want to get into, but when we start to say same sex attracted, now we're talking about people who are saying, this is the type of relationship I'm in and things like that. So I just wanted to bring that to the forefront, but me knowing, you know, I just first and foremost want to appreciate you for bringing that up and being transparent because a lot of people aren't transparent about one thing we are on this show is transparent about the things we struggle with, the things we've been through and the things that we still struggle with about the things we agree upon, about the things that we don't agree upon. Um, But the thing is that what we have to do is we have to begin to understand that we are all made in the image of God, the image and likeness of God. Yes. No matter how we look, no matter what our skin color is, no matter what our beliefs are, we all deserve dignity and respect, period. And when we begin to um, take niches and label people in certain groups, like what well, is group, is worse than this group or this group deserves more love than that group or this group deserves more respect than that group, then what it becomes is I'm no better than the things I fight for or fight about even when it comes to race. Like, you know, like, and I know this is a little off topic, but I'm just going to be transparent about this is when I see what's going on in Israel with Palestine, I'm disgusted by it because it's apartheid. 
is literally nothing but apartheid. And if you want to tell me that I'm not supporting Israel, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying what Israel is engaging is, is an apartheid of people. And we are okay with it because the majority of those people are Muslim. Mm. And because they don't believe the way we believe, we're okay with that. But we don't want to have a conversation is the fact that most of the people who support Israel that are evangelicals, they think all y'all going to hell anyway. They think the Jews is going to hell because you don't believe in Jesus. And they think the Muslims going to hell because they don't believe in Jesus. Right. They just care about the land. So, but they don't want to have that conversation. Um, so back to back to the subject in hand, as the rapper would say, back to the subject in hand. Um, but yeah, so, well, now that you've brought that up, because I didn't want to be the one to bring it up, but you brought it up. So with your experience with people and maybe people who have known or haven't known, how, how has your experience been with them? I'm going to tell you something and it's just the facts. The only time I'd ever faced any type of judgment was in church. The only time I was treated harshly was in church. The only time I ever felt like, ooh, maybe they don't really love me was in church. And I always ask this question or make this statement when I'm involved with somebody and they've done something that I don't like or I do something and they don't like it. Do you love me more than you hate what I did? Wow. And hold on. You get another amen for that one. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just had to cut that off for a minute. Go ahead. And until we reach a point where we can love people more than we hate what they do, conversations like this will continue to happen in the one place it shouldn't be happening, and that's the church. So... Well, let me ask you, because I always ask why. You know, that's what I like to do. Why do you think it is that the church has targeted just because, like I said, we talk about sexual immorality. Mm -hmm. Um, You go to any church right now, Mm -hmm. I'm willing to bet $5 that there is at least one girl in the church that's maybe two that is pregnant, not married. I am willing to bet that um, there are young people that are having sex. I'm willing to bet that there is uh, one of the ministers that is having sex outside their marriage, male or female, mm-hmm. outside of their marriage. I'm willing to bet that um, most of these things are going on. And some of you might have choir directors that you know are same sex attracted, but because they can bring rain from heaven when they sing, you kind of let that slide. We don't talk about it. So why are these things acceptable? But the minute somebody tells you I've struggled with this, I am struggling with this. I'm trying to overcome it. Um, I've, I've come from this lifestyle that we all of a sudden then become judgmental. I think people treat people treat other people's struggle like it's the tea. I come into a, a church and I, I say, listen, I got to tell you about this because I'm trying to be vulnerable and I want to be transparent and I'm trying to do this right. So I'm telling you everything about me. These, this is my, like Usher. 
These are my confessions. <laughs> These are my confessions. <laughs> and then you come out and you realize that the person or one of the people that you've been sharing with has served up this tea and passed it out in the midst of the congregation because people don't know what to do with other people's confessions, which is why I always say everybody can't take confession. I, now that I would agree. Everybody with. don't need to be in the room. I don't care that you sit on the board. I don't care that you up, you laid the bricks. Right. Everybody can't be a part of that because they don't respect the confidentiality. And the church is a place where there should be an expectation of privacy because I'm mo- my, my most vulnerable right here. But they take it out and serve it as tea like, you ain't going to believe this. Guess, guess what? I can't believe Shonda said that she had been with a woman before. Ask Shonda. <laughs> she will, she'll tell you. I always believe if you pull the teeth from a shark, you can swim with it all day. You, I ain't got no secrets for you to, to tell. I tell my own. Right. And I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what you say because you can't stop me from being anointed. You can't take my gift away from me. You can't take the fact that that God speaks to me. You can't take the way a way that he has blessed me beyond measure. None of that. None of the things that are significant can any person touch. You can't stop God and I from having a relationship because you don't like what I used to do. Do you love me more than you hate what I did? And until you can get to that point, the problem is not with me and what I'm doing. The problem is with you. And your lack of love. Right. Because that's what it boils down to be. It's a lack of love. It's a lack of respect. And what does the Bible say about people who can't love? That you're not his. Right. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knows not God, for God is love. So there you go. First John 4, 7 and 8. Anybody <laughs> who needs to find that. But it's true. It's true. And and yeah, I just it it amazes me that I will hear us bring fire from heaven on certain subjects. And just say, we can't allow this. And it's no different than when I hear these preachers say that God's wrath has been upon this country because of abortions and homosexuality. And it's like, right. you know, and I've said that before. It's like, so he didn't care about the the rape and the pillage of indigenous people or the rape and pillage and killing of black slaves. He just, that was cool. Yeah. I mean, that's that's fine. Do that. But whatever you do. Don't do this. Right. There is a whole bunch of other sins you can commit and be okay. Just don't do this one. As if by chance you're going to catch it. It's not something that you catch. I've hugged her. I'm pretty sure I've kissed her on the cheek. And I I, I haven't caught anything. You know, you still good? I'm still good. Okay, just check. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And, you know, and it's like you have certain perceptions the way you're raised and and, you know, the way things are talked about. But once you start to read the word and understand God and this is where it comes to me, it's, it's about relationship. And the, the thing that I will continue to push is you have to have a relationship. If you don't have a like if you don't have a relationship, it is hard. It is hard for you to do anything with someone you don't have a relationship with, because, you know, some people will say, well, you know, I, I met this person and and. They were gay and 
but they were so nice and pleasant and all this other stuff. And you'd be like, oh, so you were raised um, homophobic <laughs> because you believe like that there's something wicked about this person. And it also is like, don't be so I'm going I'm to say this, too. And this might hurt some feelings. Don't be presumptuous to think because somebody's gay. They want you. If, <laughs> say it again for the people in the bike. Please say it again. Don't be presumptuous because someone is same sex attracted that they want you. If regular folk, if the people who you attracted to don't want you, probably the person who's same sex attracted don't want you. And I don't say that being funny or anything like that, but it's like, you know, you just presumptuous. Like you see how they was looking at me and things like that. So it, it just gets um, very disgusting and very disturbing to me that we will have these conversations. So let me ask you, since you're a teacher and a, and a, and an elder in the church, when you begin to talk to people about sexual immorality and you are teaching a class or whatever, how do you begin to speak to them about, about it? From Well, you know, because at the end of the day, let's, let's start off with youth. How do you have that conversations with youth? And then how would you have it with adults? Because some adults need to have these conversations because I feel like, and I think we've talked about this before in a podcast, like there are adults who are scared to have certain conversations because they didn't have them as youth. Right. So they're closed minded when it comes to certain things. It's, I mean, it's certain things that I, you know, you've done counseling with married couples. You've done counseling with individuals. And I'm pretty sure sometimes you've heard conversations from married couples where it's like the husband, like she don't want to do this. She don't want to do that because she was raised to think like, you know, oral sex is a sin. Right. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? I do. No, I'm just like, no, that's how some people were raised to believe that, um, that, you know, oral sex was a sin and things right. like that, or we don't engage in this. We don't engage in that, you know? So, but then you have somebody who comes to you. So it's like, all right, I'll give you a, a an example. Um, young couple comes to you and they're engaging in premarital sex, mm-hmm. um, living together and they want to get married. Okay. How's that conversation going to happen? You literally, I literally have that written right here on, on the page. And I didn't look at your pad because right. you're the way, so. I was just right. Listen, to the world, that's okay. To the church, it's okay. Because you can live together, be unmarried, and still operate fully in ministry with nobody saying anything to you about it. But if you are involved with a person of the same sex, you, they don't want you to do nothing. Don't open the door, don't. Sweep the floor, don't usher it do, on. Yeah, don't do anything unless if you your are, car don't your car don't even have to come in the parking lot. You know what I mean? Just we don't need you here. You can't exclude these people from daily life. It doesn't whatever the sin is, you cannot exclude the people committing them from life. That's just not how it works. So if I had to talk to a couple who was living to, as I have many times before, I never come out the gate with them telling them you're living in sexual perversion because one, you've lost them. You're not going to get anything done and nobody gets helped. How about we deal with what the real issue is in the situation? Every couple 
So I hope everybody's listening. Every couple who comes to me, I don't care if you married or or not. I'm going to put you on a fast where you there will be no sex for a certain amount of time. That's why I've never gone to her. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just go. Yeah, I'm you know, just it, it interferes with right. communication. It's a numbing agent. You know, it 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 stops you from being able to deal with the real issues. So for me, it's not so much about the sexual perversion as it is how did we get here? Right. Because if we can figure out how we got here, you can get out. Okay. No, I I agree with that. So, um, I'm a I'm a take a turn because I thought of something as we were. We're talking um, when it comes to just sex, period, pleasure of sex and things like that. Like, I don't think there's going to be sex in heaven. Do you? Because if we're all just brothers and sisters in Christ and things like that, and there, me understand. I mean, I'm not saying that there won't be, you know, the, the pleasure of the, the light of God and things like that, you know, but then I've heard other discussions where people say like, the way we were created, the way God created us, we weren't created to occupy heaven. And that's why the new earth comes down and we'll just be part of the new earth with Jesus reigning as the way Adam was supposed to reign. Okay. So the thing is really one sex, if sex was just intended for procreation purposes, that's one of the things they push against people, same sex attracted. Then why would barren people, get married right because and, that's and, not the case and 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 so the thing becomes and i'm getting to a question i'm just leading up to it okay. but it, the thing becomes because it's about sexual immorality so the thing becomes okay it's it's a, it's about pleasure it's about satisfying the flesh let's be honest sex is about satisfying the flesh so that's why as a married man if my wife doesn't have sex with me for a while and I get frustrated, I'm prone to go masturbate. Why? Cause I feel like I got this monkey on my back that I need to get off my back. Right. So, and, and even with things like that, there are people who won't have that conversation. Well, what if my wife, you know, what if my wife ain't giving it to me and I'm masturbating? Am I wrong for that? Am I think you understand? Right. Because it's like, well, you, you lusting, are you lusting at the wife or you look, you know, it, like we don't have none of these conversations. Right. And so the thing becomes, I think it all becomes a gray area, but the one gray area that doesn't, <laughs> the one area that's not gray is don't, don't be same sex attracted. Right. So what can we do to repair that? We have to change people's mindsets to understand that sexual immorality is sexual immorality. Like how can we begin to change the, the hearts and minds of people to understand like, okay, listen, I'm going to give you, a hundred things that are sexual immorality before we even get to same sex attracted. So you can understand that all of these fall within the realm of this is an issue and we need to, and you need to be talked to the way Paul talked about going and you take your brother and y'all go and two come together mm -hmm. and things like that. Because when the, this, that situation, the man was having an affair right. and Paul said, you take somebody, you go, and if he don't want to repent, you take somebody else, mm -hmm. and then you put them to the side. I don't hear about people doing that. Right. right. When we know people are openly having affairs. we And that doesn't even bring up the fact of divorce. 
for like we ne- it's almost like before you never got a divorce. Now pastors is getting divorced for whatever reason and they getting married six months later. Nobody's questioning, nobody's having an issue and and they didn't get a divorce because of infidelity. They just got a divorce cuz I don't love you no more. Mm-hmm. And we don't in the Bible what does the Bible say about marriage? I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And it, it talks about if this your hurt, you know what I mean? So how can we begin to change these minds and these hearts that have been pushed in one way to understand? No, we have to have a discussion about everything. Everything. All the fruit on the tree needs to be talked about. Don't, 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 don't. That's right. <laughs> don't just pick the low-hanging fruit. Right. Let's go all the way up. Let's deal with all the fruit on the tree. And it starts with conversations like this with us, with us, like literally me and you right. being honest and transparent and vulnerable in the moment about the things that we've done, the things that we've experienced, the things that we've seen. And letting people know it's okay to be open right. and vulnerable and you don't have to be afraid anymore. You don't have to, to say, you know, I, I mean, because I think about even the people, how many people who, have have left the church have turned their back on God because they felt as though just to have the thought of being same sex attracted just to be attracted Mm -hmm. to somebody of the same sex they thought it was something wrong with them right and rather than try to deal with it in here and get help I you know what I just I'm out right we make people walk away from God now before y'all start throwing tomatoes we cause people to walk away from God by convincing them that God doesn't love them because of what they've done or what they do or what they think. The church has done an excellent job at convincing people that God's love is conditional. Even though we quote, what can separate me from the love of God? Shall tribulation, shall persecution, no height, no depth, no any other thing will be able to do it except this, this, We've convinced people thoroughly and they walk away from the church. They walk away from God. Now, what do they have? Where's the help going to come from now? Where's it going to come from? We got to cut this foolishness out. It's foolishness. It's wrong. It's a lack of love. It's a lack of respect for another human, especially if God were to pull up the reel and play all your stuff out on the screen where everybody can see it. It's easy to pick me off the tree because you can see it because I told you. Oh, well, this must be, got to be going on. I told you what it is. Ain't no guessing. I don't need you speculating because y'all come up with stuff that I've done that I haven't. I did that too. Hey, I didn't even know I could, I didn't even know I could do that. Right. Let's just be honest. Put it out there. Ain't nobody about to get no whooping. Why are we lying? Why are we living lies? Tell it and clean it up. I, I'm, I'm, I remember one time I had a, a, a conversation with my pastor where he, um, it was a, a rumor that I was, that I had somebody in me was messing around. And I told him it was somebody who went to church with us. Mm-hmm. And I remember I told my pastor, I'm like, first and foremost, I'm not the type of person that if I'm going to do that, I'm doing it with somebody that I got to look at every Sunday because I ain't going to be able to concentrate while I'm trying to be in worship service. I said, nah, somebody from outside this church may come knocking on the door and be like, Brock doing this. this." All right. But yeah, pastor, we got to have a conversation. Right. But 
you understand what I'm saying? So it's like, but I had this conversation with my pastor. I'm because that's me being transparent because I don't care. Right. Because I understand the things that I may struggle with, the things that I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Like people yeah. aren't that honest. Exactly. Which is why. Like, what does the Bible say about liars? That they can't tarry in his sights. Right. Listen, we all on the same in the same boat. Or we all, I'm sorry, not all in the same boat. We all in the same ocean. We just in different boats. We were all going in the wrong direction. So who can stand on the shore and go, this is the only boat that's going the wrong way? That's not how this works. That's not how it Man's works. salvation is but a filthy rag under God. Filthy rags. And we are all not worthy and will be condemned if it wasn't for Christ Jesus. And until we begin to understand that, that with love and kindness will I draw thee. That's what the word said. With love and kindness will I draw thee. Mm -hmm. who, we draw, who we draw on whooping them and beating them. Which is probably why so many churches didn't open back up after. Why am I going back? You about beat me to death before COVID. There were so many people who were appreciative of not having to go back anymore. See, these are the conversations we're not having. Why can't a couple, same-sex couple, walk into a church, be so overshadowed by the power and the love of the authentic word of God that is coming to them, piercing their hearts, speaking to them, in words that you can't say as a person, but because you have been so endowed with power, the word would do the work on its own. Why can't, why is that not happening? Why do you feel like it's your place to do something about it? And you're doing it the wrong way. Why don't we just preach the word? Why don't we tell people the truth, the whole truth and nothing but. So help me God. Yeah. You can tell a person that, that they're wrong. You can tell them that they're in sin. Okay, check. But you stop right there. How they, how they get out? How are they supposed to get out? So if you're going to come with the message, come with the whole message, not just the part that makes you feel better when you Just like down. we do with scripture. Right. <sighs> let's, yeah. let's pull this one line out of this one scripture mm -hmm. to make it mean what we want it to mean. Right. Because that one line can justify the fact that I'm going to keep you in bondage. Exactly. Come on, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta relinquish control, give God His church back, and let Him heal His people. And healing is is what we need. You know, it. it I'll be honest with you. A lot of times, it breaks my heart. Um, genuinely breaks my heart to think about people who genuinely, whether it be even you know, I, I saw <clears throat> a, a video where it talked about. A lot of young Christians were uh, leaving the church that had came from like that, uh, that purity, the purity type movement where it was like they, they didn't talk about sex and, you know, they would get purity rings and I'm going to keep mm -hmm. myself and all this other stuff. And then, you know, if if they had sex, how they felt about themselves or if they started to seem like they were same sex attracted, how they felt about them felt about themselves and you had people who either left the church who might've killed themselves mm -hmm. um, because you know, I'm burning in this lust in my flesh and I don't know where to 
put all of this sexual energy. You've talked about this sexual energy. And if you don't put it somewhere, it's going to go somewhere and Mm -hmm. things like that. And it's like, we have lost generations of people because of our own selfish and not, not ambition, but our own selfish misinterpretation of the word, because we want to make a certain group of people feel a certain type of way. And not just even because like I said, we're talking about sexual immorality, but not just that, but it's like, whatever it is, if you're not married back to the the subject at hand, if you are not married and you are doing anything that's sexual, that's considered sexual immorality. And until we begin to just say that and be upfront and honest with it, then everything else is just um, an agenda. And we have to stop with the agenda preaching in an agenda church. And, 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 and because unless your agenda is to set the captives free, mm-hmm. if that's not your agenda, then there's a, um, an issue with the way you're trying to, the way you're trying to run your ministry. And I, I don't feel as though that we are trying to set the captives free. And I know I just often sometimes wonder what people be thinking like, Oh my God, what are they talking about? <laughs> and you know, because I hear terms and it's never directed towards me. Like I hear people say, or oh, conservative churches, liberal churches, um, all that. I don't know what any, I mean, I know what the terms mean, mm-hmm. but I don't know what that means as far as what it like that when we had the conversation about denominations, what does that mean? Like, does me talking about loving somebody mean that I'm liberal? Does me saying that we should accept all people and show love to all people, whether they're of our race, whether they're of our faith, whether, I mean, what does that mean? What does that mean? Because I look at it like this, Sean, and when you're married as a, as a man married to, to a woman, when you're married, you don't stop being attracted to other women. Right. I don't stop finding other women attractive. Right. I don't stop even sometimes lusting after other women. Sorry. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but my love for God, my reverence for God stops me from acting on that. Right. Lord, forgive me. You know what I'm saying? When you see certain, you like, whoo, look at her. And you, Lord, forgive me. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? I do. So, it's hard for me to then turn around and think that somebody who like yourself was in a same sex relationship may, you know, have still have thoughts and you understand and, and, and lust or whatever. I mean, I'm, you understand the terms yeah. I'm trying to use after, Absolutely. after someone of the same sex and think, well, just because she's serving the Lord and now she's no longer in that relationship and all this other stuff that that just didn't 100% went away. Right. Like, no, that's not how this works. That's Just like how, how me works. getting married didn't stop me from being attracted to other women. Right. Absolutely. And we don't even, like, aren't honest about those type of things. Those are honest conversations. Right. That we can have that then begins to make people think, okay, maybe this is different. Maybe we're doing it different. We have to do it different. I appreciate the fact that I, I am surrounded by people that I can have those discussions with that I don't have to hide nothing. Right. You know, I'll tell you this. I remember it was, it was such a stressful time coming out of that relationship and 
and trying to get back to church because I left. Okay, so I was sick so of the just so thing. we kn- so you were in the church. Oh yeah. Then you left the church and yeah. got involved in a same sex relationship. Yes. And then you came back to the Lord. I did. Okay. All right. So just yeah. for the listeners to understand. Right. By the same token, a person should never leave God under any circumstances. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care how long you've done it. Don't ever leave God because of how people make you feel. So people. so the reason you stopped going to church. Was the people. Was the people because oh, yeah. you were in it. So you had gotten saved. I had been saved for a long time. And then you got in this relationship. Mm-hmm. And because of how people were making the people at the church and knowing you were in this relationship and how they were making. Let me give you. The, okay. Let me give okay. You, <laughs> let me give you in the world. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm okay. I had been saved for a while. Okay. Not even in a relationship. Always being accused of being in one because of how I looked. Because so because of, of your dress, look yeah. and dress. and Okay. But even at the time, I, my hair wasn't short like this. You know what I mean? I still you got had, pictures with long hair. I still I got had the, the I got sanctified the, French roll, man. I got the, I got the, I, we, we, we got to get some of these pictures. <laughs> I got the, well, after the, after the, we pod, done podcasting today, you're going to have to pull some of these, these photos up, but continue. So, sanctified yeah, French roll. I had the sanctified French roll. And, okay. And my hair was blonde. Hold. Okay. So, hey, it was we blonde. De- I'm definitely. <laughs> I'm, if you don't, I'm, Tracy, I need to see these pictures. We about to shock the entire <laughs> world. I had on a suit with a, a skirt with the the match. Listen, sanctified, okay? Okay. And still getting accused. Of being same of being, sex. Yeah. Just okay. A, accused of being a lesbian, okay? Okay. And when I got accused of being with someone who was in the church was such a good friend of mine. This is how we go back to, you can't even have a good relationship with somebody who's of the same sex. And it's just your friend without people accusing you. And I thought one, how you accuse me without the witnesses, where the witnesses at, what have I done? Have I done something? Did I sleep with her? Where, where's that? Where are my accusers? I'm like, even in the court of law, I would get to see who's bringing the accusation against right. me. I was so, listen, almost insubordinate. Bring them in here. Let them, let them accuse me to my face because. Because we about to scrap. Listen. <laughs> and when that, when that didn't happen, now I have to come to church with the spirit of suspicion. Like I'm in here and I'm sitting here like, who, who made the accusation? Who know? I don't even have nobody in my house like that. Who in here, who's doing it? I couldn't even concentrate anymore. And and the rumble got so big, I'm out. I was hurt. Unprocessed pain causes you to make decisions. It, it messes with your soul. So your decisions, everything kind of goes awry. And that's what happened. And when I left, that's what was waiting for me. And you met this person. Man, I had never, listen, the person approached me, but I was broken and I was already hurting and it was so much love waiting for me and yawn, we go. Now, during that time, there was an entire process that happened because now here, here's where, here's where the thing, 
you start to transform. You start to transform into this person that you don't know. So I started, to, I'm not, I don't take all these skirts and dresses and put them in a box, throw them as far as the east is from the west. And you start, I cut your hair and just, listen, I'm in it. We going to, if I'm, whatever I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going, gonna do I'm, I'm going all in. Right. But that wasn't necessary. You know what I mean? And after so many years, you realize, okay, you know what? This ain't even who I am. This, <laughs> you didn't transform. You didn't transform. That you look in the mirror and you like. Like what? Who am I? Listen. So making my mind up. Okay, listen. I, I got I got to get back to God. I just got to get back to God. And I went. This is the part that concerns me. I went to great lengths to get back to myself and to be accepted. I threw away everything that I thought would even be considered men's clothing. We going to shop in the women's store. We going to get these clothes and these skinny jeans was giving me the blues, okay? Because everything was skinny. Adjusting to my body as as a woman. Adjusting to the way the clothes fit. Doing my hair differently because I cut it down like yours, cut okay. it down to the waves. Oh, okay. And so growing it back out to where I'm comfortable, it fits my face. I'm good with me. Right. Only for people to still feel the exact same way. That's when I learned it ain't got nothing to do with you. I don't care how you think. When I stood in my closet with tears rolling down my face trying to figure out what to wear to be accepted in God's house. Listen, for all of you sanctified folk out there who feel like you're, you're righteous in how you feel and how you treat people and you think people can never change and situations never change. And so you're not going to change your stance on things. You are a stumbling block to somebody trying to get back to God. You're throwing bricks at people who are only trying to get back to God. And we just got to do it differently. And now I see that there are people who have their hair cut like mine. They're so, they're accepted. People in the church, it's accepted. Hair shorter than mine. Get way more praise about it. And you look at me and you, you still see what I used to do. You can't let that go. We got to stop doing people like that. Let people get back to, you are not the doorkeeper in God's house like that. He said that you ask for forgiveness. It's in the sea of forgiveness, never to be thought of again, but folks will remind you okay. of who you used to be. Even though God don't even remember who you used to be. Right. We got to do it differently, which is why I have the stance that I have because I've been on the inside. You've been around through inside outside on this thing oh yeah so you can speak from all types of firsthand experience. i've met so many wonderful people because i ended up in in rooms i never thought i'd be in like i ended up meeting other same sex attractive people who said there is something about you will you come into this this group and speak to these to this group of women can you give them a word from God? Listen, you are who you are no matter where you are. And God always reminds you that I'm right here. I'm not so Even when you're trying to run from it. God, please leave me alone because I'm sick of these church folks. Yeah, because it's like I'm but, sick of church folk. Oh, yeah. And I know I'm in a relationship that I ain't got no business being in. 
And you got these folks reminding me talking about give them a word. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to give a word because the conviction comes on me while I'm giving the word, knowing that I'm in something I shouldn't be in. It doesn't change who you are. And I think if you can, in the midst of whatever it is you're going through, if you can remember who you are, the path will be lit up for you to get out. Amen. Wow. Well, I appreciate that uh that testimony. That was uh that was powerful. I was starting to get a little emotional when you told me about the closet thing. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I just it's just very um it's just very disconcerting to me. Because at the end of the day, me starting this podcast was something that I saw as a, a love letter to folks. This is my epistle. Okay. This is the way I want people to know that you don't have to march to the beat of the drum that we've been told we have to march to that God is going to love you. And you, when he, when you have been in situations where people think, make you think God doesn't love you. He loves you. The Bible says, what's the famous scripture? John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That starts off as saying what God so loved the world. Not a particular people. Didn't say Israel. Could have said Israel. Could have said Jews. It could have said whoever. But it didn't. It said God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So God loves everybody. And even, you know, the the parable about the sheep, it, it's not my desire that any of my sheep go astray. And that's what we need to be focusing on is trying to, bring people to Christ. And this is my, what loving kindness will I draw thee? Now people might not agree with everything that I say. I don't agree with everything. That I say. Sometimes I, I got to go back and be revisionist about the things that I've said and re-examine some things. And I asked the Lord to examine me daily, but we really, I just, I'm really, I'm almost at a loss for words, but I really just want people to just taste and see that the Lord is good. Like I'm, I'm telling you, Sean, when, once you get a, a, just a, you ever had just a taste of something, you know, it's like serving God is like a Lay's potato chip. You know, you can't, you can't eat just, can't one. just one. You yeah. get that person just one. It's just like, you know, I'm going to be like, I'll get secular. I'm going to be like Frank Lucas. I'm so, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so, um, I'm, I know my product is so good. I'm going to give it to you to free the first time that you're going to come back with money the next time. Mm-hmm. That's how good I know this is. So, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> so I hit you over with a little Frank Lucas, right. but, um, so I'm going to do something that I, that we're going to close, the, uh, getting ready to close the show. Um, cause we just hit the hour mark, but I am going to do something that I rarely ever do. So I'm just going to let you close us out, Shonda, because oh. this topic has, um, and you sharing that testimony and I know I normally give, um, the last word, but I'm gonna let you do the last word today. So you're going to close us out. So, um, I'm just going to say this. Um, we have to understand that we have the responsibility as saints to love one another. The Bible says that there is no greater sacrifice than a man laid on his life for his brother. And if we begin to understand that our responsibility is one to another, 
that our responsibility is to love one another, to bring one another into the fold, then it'll be easy for us to not get caught up in these labels and understand that no matter what we do, no matter what we say, no matter how we do it, that God's desire is for us to serve him. And if we begin to understand that, then we won't put labels on people and make them feel as though what you are doing is worse than what somebody else is doing. Because there are a lot of things that God tells you that he don't even want them to kind of people around. He said a discourse or I hate. He said a liar cannot tarry in his sights. He, these are his words. So when we begin to understand the things that are unpleasing unto God, the things that are unpleasing unto God are the things that separate us and not the things that bring us together. So if you have a spirit of draw of separation and making people cause to hate themselves or not bringing people together, then you need to check yourself. And that's how I'll end it. Go ahead, Shonda. I'll close. I'll close with this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? An individual should never, ever be afraid when they come into God's house. We shouldn't create situations where people are afraid, whether they are afraid of what's going to be said. I'm not talking about speaking the truth. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking. There's some, some scriptures that come across there that make you look at your entire soul. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where we are opinionated and how we feel about things, where we create atmospheres where people can't tell us the truth. It should never be. People want to be seen for who they are and not what they do. And if we can love them through it, they eventually become who they are and they do something different. And if we can just grasp that, I think we could see the love of God shed abroad in our hearts and that we can really grow into a church that God can be proud of. And I think that's what we need to do. And with that, good job closing us out. We want to thank you for listening to The Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And until next time, thank you for listening and God bless.